Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Wellness Wednesday Inspiration. It is Wednesday. It is our favorite day of the week. And Dr. Linda, how are you doing today? Hello. I am doing amazing. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Wellness Wednesday, Hump Wednesday. We have a new one. What was the new one that we just found out about? Hormone oh, Hump Day. <laughs> hormone Hump Day. That, that was it. That was it. Yeah, so, so this topic is super, super exciting because I think it's, in a sense, I think we're seeing more and more and more of anxiety and depression and behavioral problems in children. And we are not really necessarily talking about these issues. A lot of times we kind of just brush them like away from us because we don't necessarily want to deal with it. But it is such a, a big concept, not only in adults, but in children. And today we're talking about anxiety and depression in children and how we can help our children cope with their emotions. And we have an awesome guest today, Sophie Shaw. And she also has a big um, announcement with a brand new book that she has. But we will let Sophie talk to talk to you guys about her a little bit more. Let's bring her in. Sophie, how are you doing I'm, today? I'm great. Hi, both. It's lovely Hi, to be Sophie. here. I love Hi. your accent. <laughs> We're so excited to have you. Sophie, can you tell your, the audience a little bit about you, where you, what you do, and how you came about dealing with anxiety and depression in children? Yeah, hi everyone. I'm um, a hypnotherapist. I'm an author and a Reiki master teacher. As you can tell by my accent, I'm British. <laughs> mm. um, so I live in Norfolk in the east of England. And how I came to be working with anxiety and depression, first of all, you know, in, in any in anybody in adults is because I've experienced it myself. Um, I do still struggle with anxiety on a fairly regular basis. And I learned the tools. The first thing I trained in was Reiki. That was how I uh, learned what an incredible thing it is for dealing with anxiety. And then um, I had my son, who's an amazing boy. He's a neurodiverse chap. So he uh, also suffers with anxiety, depression. He has trouble regulating his emotions. And I'm also a hypnotherapist, so you're absolutely right when you said, Fernanda, that we're having a, a massive increase in anxiety and depression at the moment. It's something that I've been dealing with more and more over the years. Um, and I completely agree, we're not talking enough about it. And the sad trend is the increase in, in anxiety and depression in children, absolutely. And of course, children that are dealing with these emotions right now that are not dealing with these emotions and parents that are not training dealing with helping their children deal with these emotions mm. only become even more and more immersed in feeling these negative emotions and being more overcome by it and having more limitations around their lives because of these emotions yeah completely agree with you it's incredibly challenging for the parents in fact usually i work to support the parents and even though i have got training in how to deal with anxiety and depression and to help um, me manage my emotions and to help my clients manage their emotions it's still really difficult um, mm -hmm. and you, when you're the parent and not the therapist there are all those additional challenges. So, you know, my, my son doesn't always want to be helped by me because I'm his mom. 
-hmm. So it is it is super challenging. Yeah. Definitely. How old is your son? My son is 12. Well, going on, going on 16. <laughs> is that the only one you have? Sorry? We only have one? I just have the one. Yeah, it's just me and him. I'm a single mom. So it's quite an intense relationship. And during lockdown, you know, all of those emotions just kind of got ramped really high, uh, as they will do. Mm -hmm. um, when there's no there's no one else to kind of take it out so you know we have we definitely have had spectacular rows over the last several months there's no there's no two ways about it now did your y'all you go in lockdown about the same time as the states i think so we went into lockdown at the end of march okay so, yeah some it was more or less the same sort of time i think yes. and uh, yes. we were in lockdown yeah okay so all the okay. schools were closed and it was yeah there was we were we were at home for a okay. long time yes okay so it's really you know you know as you were saying even adults as adults i mean we deal with depression and anxiety all the time and we have to when you have the tools you can work through it. However, mm -hmm. a lot of parents don't even have the tools to work it with themselves. And then the kids are really learning from the parents how to cope. So it's really important yeah. that, you know, I've always had if, uh, if a patient, their, their kid was not doing well, I'm like, okay, if they were stressed, if they weren't doing well, but they were worried about their kid. I'm like, you need to bring your child in first to let me work with them first to get them healthy because your health will never get better until um, we start working with him to help him. And, you know, you just have to work with it together. But with anxiety and depression, the child sometimes mimics what the parent is doing. And so is that is that what kind of like you now because of your book which we'll talk about later mm -hmm. does it make sense that that's why it's important for now parents to be aware and what are like some red flags that we should look for i think you're you're absolutely right it is a very um symbiotic relationship so parents and children do really reflect particularly if you're talking about sensitive children sensitive parents personalities do tend to match i'm very sensitive and very emotional and so my son is very sensitive and very emotional and it you know i'd be kidding myself if i didn't think that because i experienced depression i will have definitely passed that on to him not just in my behavior and my responses but in my dna you know the 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 the, the genetics of who i am is definitely going to be passed on to him Mm -hmm. So red flags to look out for um, are, mm -hmm. you know, when you've got a child who previously loved school and starts to avoid it or starts mm -hmm. to complain of mysterious kind of tummy aches or headaches or, um, you know, various strange pains or illnesses that don't end up turning into anything. Mm -hmm. um, often the children will... Um, will express their anxieties in in nonverbal ways because they don't really know that they're feeling anxious and they mm -hmm. if they do know they might not even know what they're feeling anxious about so um you might get you might get nightmares for example mm -hmm. about someone coming to get them 
monsters mm. breaking in or burglars or you know um they're not as literal as grown-up anxiety dreams mm-hmm. so there might you know they might be about things that are not at all related to anything that they're experiencing in their daily life mm-hmm. but just those little clues that that things are not right mm-hmm. um going off their food you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. being extra clingy all yeah. that you know those those are your sort of those are your those are your flags do you think it's important to acknowledge that it's okay to feel that way and it's not odd because sometimes people don't want to speak about their feelings or they're feeling a particular way and they may think it's absurd, you know, it's just like, well, I guess I'm kind of weird because I'm thinking this way and yeah. and they don't speak up. So, and it'll manifest in some of the ways that you were saying. So I think mm-hmm. that's a big clue for parents to look at is like, okay, well, their change in their behavior. Would that be fair enough to say? A change in the behavior or if you already know that you're, I mean, my son has always been sensitive and he's always mm-hmm. had separation anxiety. So for us, it was just clear during lockdown that all of his others, his his normal kind of um, anxieties, which were just sort of at a low level and pretty manageable during lockdown, they just mm-hmm. really um, amplified. Um, and I think more than being okay to talk about these things, I think it's incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Parents can, I think parents, particularly mums, have a, an idea that we have to be calm all the time and have it together all the time. And I help and support women who are experiencing their own anxiety because they don't have it together and they're trying to keep it together. Mm-hmm. But in actual fact, I think it's really important to let children see you lose it a little bit and Mm -hmm. then see you recover Mm -hmm. because you give them real emotional literacy then you give them the 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 gift of seeing that everybody gets a little bit out of control everybody loses their temper everybody um, feels terribly upset everybody feels afraid everybody feels angry and then this is how we get ourselves Mm -hmm. back to our center this is how we get ourselves calm again. Mm-hmm. And if we've done something that we or said something that we shouldn't, if we've said mean things, then we apologize. So if mm-hmm. I'm, you know, if I'm if I say something mean to my son, then I make absolutely certain that I tell him why I said that and I'm really sorry and I don't mean it. And it gives him it gives him those emotional skills. If he goes out in the world thinking that everybody is calm and sweet then there's no resilience for dealing with crazy people. <laughs> you know, people who are going to lose their temper. Yes. No, it's very true. And learning that, and, and something that I've been learning more, it's not about not feeling the, the emotions necessarily, but shortening up the, the, the period, right, of the emotions. So yes. it's not about not ever being angry or not ever feeling anxious or stressed, but actually just being able to, recognize it, know that you're feeling that way, and then working through those emotions to shorten that period where before you would feel like that for months and months and months after an event, then you start learning and recognizing and working with yourself. So it's not anymore, you know, a couple of months, but maybe a couple of weeks, and then it becomes just a couple of hours, and then it becomes maybe just a couple of minutes. So it's, it's not about not feeling and not teaching children not to feel the emotions but teach them how to overcome those emotions uh, like faster basically right 
Yeah, absolutely right. That's a really good way of putting it. It is completely about developing an emotional skill, an emotional library, a language library, so that you, you know, you might you might find yourself feeling a little bit of anxiety and it's just on a low level and you might find yourself saying to your child oh do you know what that makes me feel really scared um I think do you know what I'm just gonna sit for a minute and do some deep breathing because when I feel scared that often calms me down Mm -hmm. and simple things like that is my cat (laughs) (laughs) simple things like that can just teach them oh okay so you know I understand now that we don't it's not that it's not that we're not it's not that we should be not experiencing the uh, the emotion. Anger, for example, anger is not a bad thing to experience. Yeah. Anger is can be really justifiable. Mm-hmm. Anger can be really powerful. You know, it's quite right that they should feel anger if they're being bullied, because that's not right. And mm-hmm. so their anger can can take them forward into making some change. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you're 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 absolutely right. I completely agree. It's not about um, keeping a lid on emotions. It's allowing them to move through you much more quickly. Feeling them, expressing them, dealing with them, and then releasing them. Releasing those emotions. So yeah. before we move on to the next question, I do yeah. have a question about the kind of the things to look for, the red flags to look for. Do, mm-hmm. they, do you find that they change when the child is entering adolescence? I think uh, hormonal storms definitely can't be overestimated so um depending on your child's personality and depending on their gender you will find that um i would say anger certainly is uh is much more prevalent going into the kind of preteen years um i've noticed with my son and i uh, hear anecdotally from other parents that their child is much quicker to anger mm-hmm. um and and for seemingly um, very small reasons, so things kind of will set them off and make them oh, really explode. And the thing to to note is that they don't they don't choose that. They don't even know why they're having that big emotional outburst. Um, and as women, I think we understand as well what it's like to be subjected to a ridiculous cocktail of hormones every month (laughs) we're turned into I'm certainly I'm turned into a mad woman so I completely get that you have totally real emotional responses that are not necessarily related to what's going on and if you can be tolerant of that and I mean that's a big if because it's super challenging Mm-hmm. Um, then that's great because it does pass much more quickly when you can sort of say, okay, that's that's quite a big reaction to a small thing. Keep myself calm, wait for that to pass. And now what was all that about, do you think? You can have that conversation afterwards. So there's a lot of techniques and modalities. I mean, one just just kind of crawled into you right now, which was your cat, <laughs> you know, and you can pet the cat or if you have a dog, you just pet them. And if for some people, it's very soothing and it can take them out yeah. of that state of feeling anxiety, feeling like depressed, like life sucks. It's just like, no, you have this this creature here that just wants to love on you. So, yes. you know, I would love for you to share like some of the techniques and modalities that you have used. I know there's a lot of tools from hypnotherapy to Reiki to breathing to meditation and really kind of just 
explain, you know, how you would use that? How do you, how do you share that with people? Because let's just say you have a five-year-old and nobody wants to um, hear, oh, what's, what's the phrase that we don't like to hear as women when someone tells us, man, just calm relax. down. Yes. Oh, that's like irritating. So something like, honey, breathe and stay yeah, because calm down just like ooh, makes you want to like not calm oh, down. Yeah. <laughs> like no, I have the right the to be mad. Yeah. 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 So um so I would love to hear that because a lot of people don't know what Reiki is. Do you have to go to a practitioner? Is this something that you can teach someone else at home to do? So would love for you to to share that with, with our audience. Well I think Reiki for me is probably I mean I love hypnotherapy as well but I think Reiki is possibly the most powerful tool that I have used mm -hmm. to completely soothe and it it can work in the moment if, if somebody is absolutely you know losing their temper in the moment if you can um, use Reiki energy to just keep yourself calm or even send Reiki to them Reiki for those who don't know if when you explain it it sounds completely bonkers it's <laughs> it's an energy healing modality and what it means mm. is that we use universal energy or source energy or spiritual energy or just life force energy what the japanese uh, what the chinese call chi what the japanese call ki um we use that to balance the energy in the body what happens with the energy in the body when we're ill or stressed or anxious or sad or depressed or injured is that there are energy imbalances in the body. So you might find that there is blocked energy with depression. You often find very low, very stagnant energy. With anxiety, you tend to find very frenetic energy that's zipping around in all directions. Mm -hmm. So Reiki is, um, it is absolutely something that you can learn to practice on yourself. In fact, I have an online course um, for people to learn how to teach, uh, how to practice Reiki on themselves. And it's something that you can practice on other people as well. So it's something that you can share. The effect of it is that it produces a very profound sense of peace and calm. And it just works to soothe on a very deep level. And the beautiful thing about Reiki is that it soothes not just in the moment, but that soothed, healed, calmed energy stays with the person who's received the Reiki energy long after the session has ended. Mm -hmm. So without necessarily needing to understand what's going on or having to delve into your past or to have endless you know therapeutic discussions about what's going on with you and that you should try these strategies reiki just cuts through all of that so you can just feel deeply soothed and you stay that way and then things seem to get to you less so in that sense it's kind of like prayer would you say that it's in prayer because your words are powerful like we say your thoughts are powerful and your words are spells but reiki the way i have experienced it and and you're a master trainer in that. We've had other another guest that was also a master trainer. That mm -hmm. it's really just, re it's like you're receiving. It's like the laying of hands, but not necessarily you have to lay the hands, but it's really mm -hmm. just that whole intention. And when it's a group of people, 
um, doing that, it's like they could feel you. And if you're thinking just the love and and, and um, happiness and joy and just nothing but good thoughts, as crazy as it sounds, yeah. Fernanda and I have had conversations or we're texting each other, messaging each other like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I was just thinking that, right, Fernanda? And, and so even with that, so. Connecting at, a, at an energy level, vibrational level. Mm -hmm. And it's also meditation, a lot of meditation studies that have done that meditation, group meditations can affect yes. cities, can affect countries and can affect like make global change. Absolutely. And everything else. So it's, it's absolutely the power of coming together and sending that positive vibration to someone else that you can do that. Without so question. People say, oh, I'm sending you good thoughts or good, you know, my good feel, feels or whatever. I mean, it truly is if you're really focusing on that person and you want to send them good thoughts and good vibrations, mm -hmm. you can certainly do that. Well, I work with a lot of distant clients. So particularly during yeah. lockdown where we can't necessarily meet in person, I work with a lot of distant clients and I send them Reiki healing through um, through the, you know, through the video. And there's no difference between, you know, being with somebody and sharing your energy in person and sending it, you know, across to, I could send it across to you, lovely ladies, right here, and you would receive it instantly. Um, I think the thing is about, about Reiki, about meditation, about all of these practices is that you have, you have, um, I think everybody has a kind of core, peaceful center. Now, regardless of your spiritual beliefs, whether you think that it's God or your soul or just your energy or whatever it is, it is a, a core of us that when we take a few moments to be still, to turn our thoughts inwards and to connect with that, there is an, an, an abundant well of peace in there and anybody can contact it. And that's, you know, that's why I wrote the, my book was to help teach children how to access that in a in a non-teacher kind of way. Now, how about hypnotherapy, which is the other part of what you do? How can that help someone that is dealing with children that are having anxiety or depression or even the parents? Um, well, hypnotherapy works in a in a very clever way. Um, when we're children, we receive programming about the world we receive um core beliefs so particularly years sort of zero to six or seven we get a lot of programming about what the world is and how we interact with it. so for example we learn that hot pans should not be touched because they burn and that piece of programming goes into our brains and it stays there until we're adults and the thing with, hypnothera with hypnotherapy is that we can go in there and if some of those programs, if some of those core beliefs are not serving us, we can just tweak that programming. So, for example, if you had, as a child, if you had you know, been stung really badly by a bee, you might develop a phobia of bees because the programming has gone in. It's been a very emotional experience and you've had enough fear around it that your subconscious mind says okay well obviously you know bees will mean that you die so you should never go anywhere near bees or a garden or smell flowers and you know and in fact I did have a client who that 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 was the case for him a very 
strong and together older man, but terrified of bees because he'd had this childhood programming. So we just we just went in as a as a uh, as an adult, spoke to his um, subconscious mind, gave it new and different ways to keep him happy because that's all the subconscious mind wants to do is to keep us happy. Tweaked his programming and then he left just not at all being worried about bees. In fact, he went out and bought some lavender, which was lovely. So <laughs> you, hypnotherapy works to change those the programming of the subconscious mind. Right. And it's yeah. so true that you said most of us are programmed by the age of about five or six or seven yeah. times. And that's because we don't necessarily think with the critical mind when we are younger, right? If we're three years old and someone mm -hmm. tells us or we're lear learning by experience, we're not critically thinking against what we're learning. So we're literally, when we say that kids are sponges, that's exactly what we mean. They're taking everything from every single experience, everything that they're hearing, that they're doing, that they yeah. are encountering, that they're seeing everything with their, everything that they're receiving from all of their senses and they're making sense of their world. Yeah. And then whatever goes programmed at those ages, early ages is what actually ends up being our programming for the rest of our lives unless we change it. Exactly, unless we change it. Most childhood programming doesn't get updated even if our beliefs change, exactly. even if, you know, even if we, we we end up loving wildlife and loving the idea of bees, but just can't stop being afraid of them. And it's when you have those beliefs that stop you living the life that you want to live. For example, if you wanted to travel, but you can't get on a plane, mm -hmm. then then it becomes a problem. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's that's when hypnotherapy is incredibly useful because it just changes how you think about things without you having to make any effort. Mm -hmm. And when you change how you think about things, then you change how you feel. Mm -hmm. Just opens everything up. So can you explain kind of like a session, what that would look like for someone that, you know, most people when they think of like hypnotherapy, hypnosis, they think, oh, they're going to put uh, yeah, like a, what's that called? I don't know, like a yo-yo on a watch. string and just like, look into, <laughs> yeah, like they're going to just swing it and look into my eyes, you're getting sleepy type. So can you kind of explain like, you know, how you how you go through like hypnotherapy with a client, perhaps it's in person, but perhaps because you do a lot of video chat, a lot of your, your um, work is now because of, you know, COVID. Um, yes. It's now video chat. How, can you kind of walk us through a little bit of that? Because a lot of people don't know, they, they just think, oh, just go get hypnosis for smoking or for weight loss or for fear of spiders or whatever. <laughs> what does that look like? Because I didn't know what it was until years ago. Um, mm. But I, I'm sure a lot of people don't really understand it or, or you know, what it is, what to expect. Most, yeah, I mean, mo you're quite right. Most people's idea of hypnosis and hypnotherapy is that kind of, you know, car from the jungle book with his spinning eyes and it, it, most of that is what is has nothing to do with it um what we what we often see is is stage hypnosis and that's a completely different thing altogether hypnotherapy is is very like a guided meditation so um it just uses much more specific language to achieve the goal that you've worked that you've talked about with the client so a session and, and I do work um, 
the majority of my work actually now is is on Zoom. And it works beautifully because people are at home. They're nice and relaxed. They might be having a session in their pajamas if they want to. You know, mm -hmm. it's all very, very comfortable. And what usually happens is that we discuss. We talk. So I would, for an online session of therapy, I would work for about an hour and a half with somebody. And the majority of that will be discussing, you know, what's been happening for them, what their challenges are, how they're feeling, um, what has upset them, what's working for them, um, what they need help with. And then based on that, what I then do is I talk them into a very relaxed, daydreamy sort of space. So they remain fully awake throughout and fully aware. If anything needs their attention, you know, if a fire alarm went off or if the doorbell rang or if their child walked in, they would be easily able to wake up and deal with whatever needs to be dealt with. It's just a very light, relaxed, daydreamy sort of place. In fact, we, we all go into a light state of hypnosis m many times a day. If you've ever had the experience of driving somewhere where you've, you've been there quite a number of times, you know the direction and you've driven there and you've kind of arrived and gone, oh, God, we're here already. I, I don't even remember driving here. That is actually a light state of hypnosis. And all it means is that the conscious mind can take a break. It can just, you know, drift off because it doesn't need to be thinking about it. The subconscious mind, which is our brilliant problem solving, daydreaming, expansive state of mind, is really open at that point. And we'll be thinking about what we want for dinner and a conversation mm -hmm. we had last week, an argument that we had a year ago. All this kind of stuff is swimming around. Mm -hmm. And that's that's actually a light state of hypnosis. And it's the space where we work. So during that lovely daydreamy state, I will then give the subconscious mind different suggestions. Mm -hmm. And the subconscious mind is absolutely like a sponge for any yeah. positive ideas that will help keep us happy because that's all it wants to do. Mm -hmm. So it hears a good idea and it takes hold of it and it will just go, right, next time that situation comes up, I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. And we're not even remembering it much or really consciously aware of it. It's just something that happens without our even having to try. Mm. So it's, it's a very easy, relaxing, soothing process. Mm. Sophie, we have a question and I have it up in the screen. Um, mm -hmm. Someone says that they love going to the mountains and be around nature because she feels good. She feels positive. So it's that the same that we're talking about? Well, it can be. You can receive positive energy from um, from the natural world, from the universe, 100 um, percent. Monica, I completely agree with you. Being out in nature is incredibly restorative. Yeah. Um, you know, I just discovered that today I was feeling really gloomy, really kind of. Ugh. And um, I went for a short walk with my son and our therapist and um, and her dogs. And it was wet and it was cold and it was gray and blustery, but it was really lovely. And we just indulged all our senses, the sense of smell, the sense of, um, you know, wonderful things to see and, and, and to touch berries and leaves. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I'm just seeing an, another question here from Barry. Question, yes. So I think, I think we just covered that. It, it does help. And we oh, absolutely. Help helps. 
in regards to working with the subconscious mind and actually mm. put ideas in the subconscious mind that are different yeah. from the ideas from our program, right? And I want to say something really quick about that. If you plant something that is a deadly plant or you plant corn in your mind, quote unquote, something that grows and it's not deadly, it's going to grow equally the same because the mind doesn't really care what ideas you're putting. Mm -hmm. The mind doesn't care if you're putting ideas of I'm a failure or I'm the most successful person in the planet. I'm sad or I'm the happiest person yeah. on earth. The mind doesn't really care and it doesn't really, can't, it can't tell the difference. So what we plant is what we end up receiving. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely I think right. I couldn't agree more. And it just goes and helps kind of change those thought processes that are in our subconscious mind. Yes, absolutely right. Uh, the brain, the body makes absolutely no distinction between what is happening in our minds and what's happening in the real world. So if we, if I imagine, if I ask you to imagine biting into a lemon, you'll get all of that lemony sensation in your mouth. If I ask you to imagine that you are incredibly calm and drifting down a river on a, on a lovely sailboat, you will produce all of those calming sensations in your body. Your hormones, your, your, the chemical makeup of your body will actually shift and change to accommodate that thought. So, um, yeah, hypnotherapy is so powerful for helping with anxiety and panic attacks. I've had many, many clients just their panic attacks just disappear. Wow. So in, yeah. essence, so in essence, it's like changing the brain, getting into a different brainwave frequency when you're working with hypnotherapy, because most of us are in beta, which yes. is we're awake, 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 and we're, our mm -hmm. mind is just racing, racing, racing. So it's like taking them really into the calming them down into an alpha state and exactly. the theta state right before. And I think that's why it's so powerful. Like you were saying, it's almost like you're talking to them, you're soothing them. So they're starting to like slow down. And then that's like the ripe time that, bam, we can, we can, um, in essence, reprogram them and put new programs in while they're in theta state. And yes. that's where that paradigm shift starts to occur and thinking, yes. oh, these aren't really harmful. What really is anxiety? What is depression? Why am I feeling this way? So that's probably the perfect time. And I think that's why hypnosis and hypnotherapy works so amazing. And some people just have that voice. It's just like, oh, you feel love in their voice. And it's like, it's just so much trust. And I think that's a huge part of hypnotherapy. Would you agree? Absolutely, I'd agree. I think, you know, what you're describing there is um, um, is the essence of how we work with hypnotherapy, that moving through those brain state, brainwave states so that you get to that dreamy part of you that accepts everything. You know, when you, you first wake up in the morning, you may have had a really strange dream about pink elephants or whatever. <laughs> when you first wake up, it all makes sense. You don't question it at all. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course, pink elephants. And that's because you're in that kind of um, alpha, theta sort of brainwave state where everything is accepted by the subconscious. Mm -hmm. And so in that lovely state, we just give beautiful, positive suggestions mm -hmm. that the subconscious mind is eager to accept. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah. can you tell us a little bit about your book? It just came out. Super excited. 
Can you tell us a little bit about who is it for? Why should we buy it? Where can we find it? Just everything about your book. The book is called The Hair and the Moon, A Calming Fable for Anxious Children. And um, I, the book is just out now. It, it, it's still being docked or the stock is still sorting itself out. So the best place to find it is at my website, sophieshaw.co.uk. And you can, um, the, the book is intended to help children to manage their anxieties. Mm -hmm. And what I found, it, I originally released it um, a year ago. And this is a special edition that I'm releasing right now for um, for children and their parents to share together. There mm. is um, an audio book that I've narrated that goes with it as well. So your child can read it for themselves. It's a very easy read. You can read it to them and that's a beautiful thing to share. Or you can both listen to the audio book. There's some really gorgeous music I found and put in the, into the book. And the whole book has been written in a very um, calming voice. So the idea of the book is that it's um, it takes place after the hare loses the race against the tortoise and the all the other animals tease and bully because the hare has lost the race and the hare starts to feel really upset, really anxious and embarrassed and humiliated and he starts to, to wind himself up into a state of, oh, I don't know what's happening, you know, people are going to come and get me and nobody likes me and ooh. and he meets the moon and the moon is a very calming presence mm -hmm. and the moon teaches him to just be still and just be with her and all is well and he just has to look at her and he feels this calm just settling in his body and even when she's not there he learns to imagine what it was like how he felt when she was there and so he creates the moon in his mind and still produces that same beautiful calming effect. Without being too teacher-y, it, it shows children how to use simple mindful meditation techniques to manage their own emotions. And the feedback I've had is that it helps adults with anxiety as well. <laughs> I was so about to say that. It works <laughs> for people of all ages. Yeah, I was about to comment on that. It's like, that sounds like it'll be great for adults too, <laughs> because we are like little kids at times. So, and sometimes we have to be like little children. So Absolutely. I, I love that. Yeah. So that's awesome. Sophie, what was the website again? The website is sophieshaw.co.uk and that's where I've got, you know, I've got my books and I've got my courses and there's a load of free resources on there as well for people. There's lots of free meditations that people can watch. Um, and yeah, all the information about the book is on there as well. Wonderful. I will put the link up in the chat box. Any last words, any last takeaways that you can share with the audience? about anything that we've talked about, top three things that you can just kind of recap and, and so we can take with us. I think top things are to accept that emotions, big emotions are completely normal and natural, not to be afraid of them, to accept them, to love them, learn to embrace them, learn to work with them and to release them. And for parents of sensitive and anxious children, if you are not calm all the time, it's so okay to be incredibly kind and compassionate to yourselves, not to feel as if you have to get it right all the time or be perfect, just to know that you what you 
parenting is hard. And if you get it wrong, well, good, because if you always got it right, then your child would know nothing when they grew up. <laughs> so just kindness and love, forgiveness. Wonderful. Amazing. Awesome. Awesome. One more question. We want to leave, always like to try to finish up with something, something positive. So can you share one thing that you are grateful for today in your life or in this time right now? Oh, I am grateful for the opportunity to share with as many people as possible this message of self-compassion because I think if more people knew how to love themselves, let themselves off the hook, it would make them more loving to other people as well. That's beautiful. That's, That's awesome. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure having you and learning from you and just an amazing, amazing conversation that it's so important to have and bring awareness to more um, people about emotions and especially for children. So thank you so much. Thank you, Sophie, for Thank being you. on the show. We appreciate it. So, Thanks for all, all right. the audience. Absolute we will pleasure. see you guys next week. All right. See you all. Bye. Sophie, thank you so much. That was wonderful. Thank you. That was really lovely. I think it was a bit echoey. I'm sorry. I know that Dr. Linda asked about background noise. We did have a, I could hear a bit of echo coming back and forth.